God has been good to you, say amen. amen. God has been beyond good. And I am very thankful. I'm humbled by how good God is. Uh, in my life, in my family's life, in the church life here at the mission, when I look over at each and every one of you, I see God's goodness. I do. Uh, you may be here today and you may not feel like you're God's goodness. <laughs> how many of you feel like you're God's goodness all the time? Okay. Sometimes, there's days where you wake up and you're like, Lord, I don't feel like I'm your, you know, like I'm on a good one today. My, it was hilarious. The other day, my boys were telling each other how they woke up out of bed. Oh, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And that made me laugh. I was laughing. You know, I was cracking me up. But sometimes you just don't feel like you're God's goodness. But I want you to know that regardless, it doesn't matter how you feel. Okay, we, we don't, yes, we don't, you cannot walk this life in Jesus basing, basing it on your feelings, okay, or even on your thoughts. Because I, God knows my thoughts are all jacked up most of the time, okay. But there is fact and the fact is that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ lives today. He died on the cross for you and I so that every day we would be able to experience and live the goodness of the Lord in our lives. Whether we feel like it or not, God is good. Whether we see it or not, God is good. Right? And yesterday we were at Cabrillo Beach. Okay? We were at Cabrillo Beach it was a nice little crowd. It felt like family. It did. And uh, I got to tell you, God's goodness was on everyone that was there, not just those who went into the, the waters there to get baptized into the beach. Uh, it was a little murky. It was, it was full of seaweed. Yeah, right? I've heard the Jordan is worse, actually. <laughs> oh, Lord. Sometimes it felt like that seaweed wanted to pull us in a little further. But if, if you were baptized yesterday, um, can you just stand really quick? Can you just stand? If you're in the house and you were baptized yesterday, okay? If you were baptized yesterday, we've got a few young people, okay? You may be seated. We just want to show you some love. Uh, we want to let you know that. God is doing and will continue to do his work in, in all of our lives, right? But uh, we are so proud of you as your church family that you took that step uh, to uh, that outward expression, we call it, that outward uh, demonstration of who Jesus is in our hearts. Amen? Uh, Pastor Josh, Pastor Boomy said to tell everyone hello. I spoke with them very briefly on Wednesday um, got a chance to just say hi to them and chat with them for a quick sec. And they said, send everybody our love, please. And uh, we're having a good time. We're enjoying it. Um, the night, uh, or it was our afternoon, but it was their night. They were preparing for their next day trip into Napoli. And um, they're in, in Italy, and they were just excited. You could tell in their voices they were tired. I think it, it might have been between, like, I don't know, 10 or 11 o'clock at night, but they were um, happy to hear that God's people uh, are faithful, uh, that you have been 
um, continuing to do what God has called you to do here at the mission. Amen? They were very, very, very proud, and they were just thankful. And they said, please tell everybody we love them. Send our love to everybody. And so they're thinking about you. They're thinking about you. Everywhere we go, even though we're, we're uh, sometimes on vacation or taking time off, whatever it may be, as your pastors, we are always thinking about God's people. We're always thinking about God's house, and you're close to our hearts. Amen? Today, uh, we're going to continue in Romans chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, would love, would love to uh, read through some of these passages today. When you have it, if you've got it on your app, uh, wherever you're following, uh, we want to uh, get on there together. Amen? When you have it, say amen, and, uh, or you can say, I got it, Pastor. Ready? Let's go. Let's do it. want to congratulate uh, Talavera family, our own uh, pastors, uh, Frank and Mabel, their daughter, uh, Mabel, she got married, I'm sorry, Melinda, she got married yesterday, so congratulations, I'm sure they're not watching, I hope they're not even watching, okay, but go ahead, yeah. congratulations to the Talavera family. Romans chapter 12 is... One of those passages, those chapters that I like to call and say, this is one of those clutch. We use that word clutch to say like something's tight, awesome, legit, money. I don't know, whatever the lingo you want to put there. But this is a, past, a chapter that in my life has always been uh, powerful. And I run to many times because I have seen God work in many of our lives Believing, living, exercising God's word and allowing God's word to be the transforming power for our entire lifestyle. I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in others around me. That when you trust God's word and know that God's word is going to be faithful to your life. God's word will come to transform all the thoughts, the actions that we used to live by, that we used to allow to control our, our lives. Sometimes our thoughts make us feel like we, we're out of control, right? Sometimes our thoughts, we think, you know, we can't harness them. But I want to remind you today that God's word, God's word, is, it brings healing to our lives. It brings transformation to our lives. But I also want to share with you today that God's word, you know, he didn't mean it. And, and it wasn't intended for it to be this, such a big, like, far-fetched thing in our lives that we can't take a hold of or apply or use God's word was meant to be practical for you and I. It was meant for us to receive, believe it, walk it, use it in every aspect and every detail of our lives. Just like that song said today, you know, if you simply, and I, I, I know I use words like simply, but if, if we simply, if we simply take the name of Jesus alone and begin to use it over every area of our lives, you know, in that song that we sang, we say, Jesus, right, and for my family, Jesus, 
We, we shout Jesus in the mountaintops, Jesus on the streets, Jesus for my family. If you start saying the name of Jesus over your finances, every single one of your children, your grandchildren, your tia, your tío, whatever the situation, your job, your career, your education, whatever it may be. If you start speaking the name of Jesus over these things that are in our lives, our relationships, our marriages, our friendships. He begins to bring transformation to every single aspect. But you know where it starts first? Right here. This is where it starts first. Right here with me. I, I am the one that needs to take his word and say, okay, Lord, do your work in my life. Right? So with that, let's read through this passage. We're going to go all the way back to verse 1. Is that okay? Yeah. We got time. We have time today. Is that okay? I hope you came today prepared because if, if you're falling asleep, I, man, I feel, I feel bad already. Okay? Not because I'm bringing a good word. No, that's not it at all. I'm going to be super chill today. I'm just going to read you God's word. We're going to share a little bit, and we're going to allow God's word to just penetrate our hearts, our minds, our souls. Is that okay? Because Pastor Josh started us off with chapter 12. Pastor Koba last week brought us down to the center, to the middle. And, I mean, I was so blessed, Koba, last week. I, I, excuse me if I call him Koba. I've known him since he was, like, in sixth grade. Okay, so he's like my baby brother. I didn't have any brothers. These guys became my brothers when I came here. But he took us to the center and shared with us how powerful the gifts are in the body. And even though we're many members, we are part of one body. It was like, it was just a, a great message. If you missed it, you need to go back to last week and, and do a recap. Okay? Do a recap. So today, we're going to emphasize, or our focus is going to be beginning in verse 9. And then we're going to go to the end of the chapter, verse 21, 9 through 21. But let's go to verse 1. And the word of the Lord says like this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Are you tracking with me? Yeah? Okay. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. I wish I had sound effects right now because you'd be hearing like transformers. Okay. Some of you already heard it in your head because you're shaking and you're agreeing with me, right? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. Have you ever asked yourselves, Lord, or have you ever said this in a prayer, Lord, I want to do your will? <laughs> Some of you chuckled like right away. Yeah, nobody ever said that before? Lord, I want to know your will. Yeah? Lord, what is your will for my life? What is your will? Not will, Rizzo, okay? That will is taken. But you say, Lord, what is your will? I only said that because I heard him chuckle back here, and it, like, it made me laugh in my head. All these like, funny thoughts went into my head. Lord, what is your will for my life? 
right? We say that sometimes. Lord, I want to know your will. Hey, it all starts right here, okay? It all starts. It's not this, it's not this great mystery that God is going to open the heavens and this light is going to shine on you, okay? And all of a sudden, you're going to be like, oh, you know, and it's going to be this radiant, you know, marvelous, you know, out of this world experience. All we have to do is open up his word, open up the scriptures like we're doing right now, and we're going to find out what his will is. You're going to know what he wants of your and my life. And Paul gets to that at the end of this chapter. And then it continues on, verse 3, and it says, For by the grace given me, how many of you have been recipients of God's grace? For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly. Remember last week's message, the VIP, right? You ever had VIP tickets to, to something? I'm always skeptical, nervous when somebody gives me these cool, like, special access tickets. I always feel like I'm going to get to the gate and they're going to say, nah, these are, like, not real. And they're going to send me to, like, the nosebleed or something. For by the grace given me, God's grace gives us access to very special VIP treatment in Jesus. Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought to. Because at the foot of the cross, we're all at the, on, on level ground. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ. In who? In Christ. Everybody say, in Christ. So in Christ, we... Though many form one, and each member belongs to the other, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. <laughs> Last week, Pastor Koba was pointing out some of our church family that has wonderful gifts. And sometimes I have the gift of discouragement instead of encouragement. You know, on, a, on one of those days where I'm not feeling like I'm God's goodness, don't come and ask me for encouragement because I'll probably like do the opposite. But, man, we all have different gifts. According to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, this is so beautiful. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Then he says, verse 9 we come to today. Now watch. I started reading this throughout the week, and it's not new to me, but... As I started reading it again and going through it, I was reminded of the words of Christ. I was reminded of other letters that Paul has written to different churches. The church in Philippi, Ephesus, Galatians. He like sprinkles Jesus throughout all of his letters. Especially these parts. And this is what I mean by him explaining and showing to us how practical God's word is for our life. And this is really hard. If you haven't read through it or jumped ahead of me. We're all going to see it right now. Are you ready? Are you ready? 
Love must be sincere. My goodness. He says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. He gives no room there for us to misinterpret or to think otherwise. He says right there off the bat, if it's wrong, if it's not of God, he says we should hate it. He's not talking about a person. He's not talking about your cousin. Okay? He's not talking about that coworker that sits next to you in the cubicle that you arrive, that we arrive, <laughs> that we arrive to, right? Work always thinking, oh Lord. You ever arrive, arrive at a family gathering or to a classroom? I don't know, whatever it is. And our thoughts are already like, man, I hope I don't run into so-and-so today. No? Is it just me? So he's not talking about a person. He's saying, hate what is evil. Do everything we can to stay away from it. He says, watch this. He says, cling to what is good. Now, it took me a few read-throughs. I think it was on my third or fourth one, one night, in my bedroom. And the word cling really caught my attention. Some of your translations might say cleave, right? You know, in the original text, the translation of this word actually means glue. What Paul is saying is that you and I need to glue ourselves to Jesus Christ, plain and simple. It's that simple. It's that simple. He says, hate, bring separation between you and Satan. Bring separation between you and the evil one. When it talks about evil in God's word, do you remember uh, the Lord's Prayer? I know you know the Lord's Prayer. I think if there's a passage in Scripture that everybody knows, it's the Lord's Prayer. We say it at, you know, weddings. We say it at funerals. We say it at quinceañeras. We say it all the time. We may chop it up. We may not know it word for word. But we know the Lord's Prayer, right? Do you remember that section where it says, and lead us not? See what I mean? Everybody knows it. And lead us not. But then the next line says what? But, but deliver us from what? Deliver us from what he's, what, what Jesus is saying when he was teaching this is that he wants you and I to bring separation from what is evil, from Satan himself. From Satan himself. Are you tracking with me? So when he says cling to what is good, he's not talking about good things. He's not talking about, you know, cling to something that's good because, you know, I find going to islands a good thing. He's not talking about a steak, a burger, okay? <laughs> He's not talking about the favorite thing that you enjoy, you know, in the summertime, my wife and I, we love going to this little spot where they make the most delicious we, I think they're called chamangos, okay? Some other places call them mangoneadas. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do I need to, like, are, are we multicultural? Yeah? 
Are we half and half? Do we venture out into like the Hispanic delicacies? A chamango, at least the way they make it, in case you don't know what I'm talking about, because to me, these are something of the most delicious. My mouth is watering right now, and it's, I don't even, I haven't even had breakfast. All I've had is coffee today. But they start off with what's called miel de mango, and they put that at the bottom, and it's like a syrupy, honey, sweet, you know, mango extract. And then they begin to fill it with like a mango-flavored sorbet. It's not ice cream, okay, like that. It's, it's like a sorbet. Finally, like, it's not even shaved like shaved ice. It's just this mush of sweet mango puree. Am I describing it okay? Okay, and then, and then they squeeze like half a lime or two halves in there, maybe a whole lime. I don't know. I've never really counted. I just see them squeeze. And sometimes I'll say, poquito mas, por favor. That means a little bit more. I like the lime mixture in there. And then they start to drizzle chamoy. Y'all don't know what chamoy is. Okay. It's this delicious chili sauce that's like, it's sweet and, and, and spicy at the same time, and they drizzle that, but it's like a sauce that goes in there. Okay, so you're getting the, you're getting the hint. See, that's good. And then, and then, it's not done yet. And then they top it off. I mean top it off. If you're not careful, they're going to fall. Chunks, chunks of fresh, ripe mango. If it's not ripe, I tell them, don't even put it in there, but... They seem to always have ripe, the ripest mangoes at this place. And they top it off and they smash them in. And if you take off the lid too soon, they'll fall. And you don't want to lose those. That's like, it's like throwing away gold. Now, I'm giving you this whole, and it's not even done yet. There's a little straw that has like, like, uh, um, like more chili, like, Glued on it, yeah. Some places do tamarindo chunks in their chamangos. This one doesn't, but it's okay. And when you go to like, you know, swirl it with the straw, the straw's big too. And I mean, it's just the most, it is a delicacy. It is. And I'm just like in heaven. And, and they don't last long enough. Like you want it to just be endless, you know. Endless. But when you get it all mixed just right, because if you're not careful and you start sucking that straw, you're just going to get that, that miel at the bottom. You know, the honey, the extract at the bottom, and it's just too much. But if you get it mixed just right, it is the most, my Lord. Okay, so to me, that's a good thing. You hear what I'm talking? That's why I went through that whole, ex you know, detailed explanation. It is a good thing. Paul's not talking about us gluing ourselves to something like that. Although it may sound like Pastor Joe's got some issues with, you know, <laughs> if he doesn't get his chamangos, you know. No, it's not like that. I could have gone down the same rant with, like, coffee. But he's not talking about something Earthly, he's not talking about something that doesn't last because that it's it, by the time we get home, our cups are done. 
Because we got to drive from Wilmington, the west side of Wilmington, all the way to like border Carson Dominguez area to get these. Okay. So by the time we get home, they're done. And we're just like, man, I just, you want to go back. We should have got two more. We should have got extra. Paul here is saying, there is something so great and powerful about Jesus that if you separate yourself and hate the devil himself and all his schemes and all his works, and you glue yourself, you glue yourself to Jesus Christ, your life, your mind, your behavior, our actions, everything about Joe, everything about me will begin to transform into what God's will is and what he desires for you and myself. If you really want to taste, experience what God's will is, glue yourself to Jesus today. So I'm going to read through the rest of the passage because as hard as it is to swallow some of this that Paul is teaching and telling us about, especially about living among each other and being part of a community and a church, in light of what I just described Jesus to be for us, this should come easier. I didn't say it's going to be easy. I just said it's going to come a little easier to do so. Because I can remember our pastor once saying to us, you know, if we look at each other through the filter of Jesus Christ, we're going to always offer grace and forgiveness to each other. We're going to love each other. Why? Because we're looking at each other through the filter of Jesus. So then he says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another. See God's goodness in each other is what he's saying. See the value that your brother and your sister have. Honor one another. What does he say? Above yourselves. We're selfish people. It's hard for us to think of others first a lot of times. Because we're just, it's in our nature. It's a sinful nature. So then he says, verse 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. He says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. That's tough because when you're going through something difficult, most of the time our prayer is, Lord, get me out of this. Lord, please bring this to an end. Lord, please change the situation. This is too painful to go through. But God wants us to learn to be patient when we're going through afflictions. He wants you to be patient when you've wrecked your car and you don't have anything else to use. And you have to start asking people for rides. And you have to start calling Uber. And it's hard for us to ask others to help us. God's got a plan in everything that we go through. The situation you find yourself in right now, God is saying, be patient. Oh, but I'm having a hard time with this person right now. Be patient. So then he says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, 
Oh, look at this third one. Faithful in prayer. Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. And then he says, practice hospitality. Now remember, he's talking to the church in Rome, right? So we can kind of, we kind of have like a little um, view, right, from Paul's perspective on who he's speaking to. But you know, God's word, none of us can escape God's word. It doesn't matter if this was thousands of years ago or when it was written, because it's very relevant today. We like to sometimes say, you know, it's hard to share a meal with somebody that you're not comfortable with. I've had to do it. It doesn't taste as good, that's for sure. (laughs) I'm glad my wife invites me to Chamangos because it lets me know she kind of likes me. (laughs) Because when you can enjoy something that's good, something that's wonderful like Jesus, and you've experienced Christ. We can be the demonstration, we can be the example of what God is calling us to do in this particular chapter. Putting others before ourselves. Going to the Lord in prayer for everything, in every situation. Being patient when times are tough. And not trying to get out of the storm, but just, hey, Lord, this is your will. I'm going to go through it. Practice hospitality. And then he says, bless those who persecute you. Are you for real? Bless those who persecute you. And he doesn't stop there. It's like he knows us. <laughs> you know, a lot of times folks will say, Pastor, you were, I wasn't the one. I'm not the one speaking to you. I don't know your situation. I don't. But God does and his word does, right? And he says, oh, man, bless those who persecute you. Watch this. He says, bless and do not curse. He's not talking about, you know, casting a spell on somebody, curse. He's talking about speaking badly of someone. Tearing somebody down with our words instead of building them up. But he says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. You know, it's like he's giving us a little bit of everything, right? Because on, on some of these, they're really hard to envision or to see myself blessing somebody who I'm not that fond of. But then he says, rejoice with, I'm the type of person that if I see you succeeding, I am so elated with you. We have, we have friends, family, coworkers, they see you succeed, they're, they get, right? They get upset. All kinds of stuff starts coming in. All kinds of bad talk starts coming in. Nobody outside wants to see, Right? God's favor on your life. 
accusations start coming left and right. Oh, yeah, I bet I know how he got there. I bet I know how she climbed up to the top. All this negative talk, right? But this is what I love about scripture, about Paul and his teaching, is he gives you something really difficult to comprehend and say, how could I ever, how could I ever bless my cousin who did X, Y, and Z to me? How could I ever, because, you know, blessing, part of blessing is forgiving, right? Have you ever thought about that? Blessing somebody doesn't just mean, oh, let me bless you, right? Putting your hand on their sweaty forehead or, you know, dapped up hair. No, it's not just blessing somebody like, oh, let me bless you in the name of Jesus. Sometimes that's easy, especially if we're like just going through motions. Oh, yeah, come here. But to actually forgive somebody who's harmed you, that's the opposite of cursing, right? When you actually say to somebody, I sincerely, from my heart, pray God's best upon your life. And I wish you no harm. That can only happen when God's word, when Jesus himself begins to transform the way we think and the way our heart works. And when it comes from there, we can look at somebody who's hurt us, who's wronged us who's spoken badly about us, and truly say, you know what? I really do pray God's blessing upon your life because I've been where you're at. Have we been there? Have we been bitter? Have we been angry? Have we been broken? We're still broken, right? But we've been there. But now we're on this side of that, and we're experiencing God's chamango in Jesus Christ. We're experiencing the goodness of God's grace on our lives. So when he says to think of others and put others above ourselves, he's basically saying, hey, you've experienced this forgiveness and this grace, and you've got this new life in Jesus Christ. How could you not want to bless somebody? How could you not want to forgive others? Because he's, he's forgiven me of a lot. I don't know about you. I don't. I really don't. But I know about me. I can write a book about me. <laughs> and I can write a book about all the wrong that I've done. I can, I can write a whole encyclopedia, collection, whatever you call those. I can write volumes, right, <laughs> about what I've thought, said, done, Get on with it. There's a history. But I'm thankful because of Jesus Christ and what he's done in my life and the forgiveness that he's brought to my life that I can forgive. I can show grace. I can be joyful with you when God is blessing with you. When I hear about your raises, when I hear about your promotions, when I hear about your Bentley in your driveway, when I hear about your Porsche, when I hear whatever it is, I don't care. I can rejoice with you because I know that God's goodness is in Jesus Christ. And if Jesus Christ is all over your life and he's blessing you and you have favor in him and he's transformed your life, how could I not get excited with you? In Jesus Christ, it's possible to accomplish these things. Only in Jesus Christ. 
We can mourn with one another. He says, hey, if somebody is mourning, sit there and weep with them. Most of the time when somebody's in mourning, we say some foolish things. You know that? If you've never been through it, my goodness. Sometimes we say that we put our feet in our, our, our both our feet in our mouth. That's how big our mouths are. <laughs> both feet fit in there. Because somebody is going through loss and we'll come and say something ridiculous. Just we think we're doing them a favor. Sometimes we just need to sit down. Maybe put an arm around them, hold their hand and just weep with them. And just be there. Somebody was asking me the other day, should I, should I make myself available to them? I said, no. Just go and cry with them. Sometimes people just need somebody to listen to. They don't need you to talk to them. What you think you got all the greatest words, your God's gift to everybody that's going through something, that's Jesus' job. That's Jesus. But he says, when somebody's in mourning, mourn with them. Cry with them. Just hang out. Then he says, live in harmony with one another. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Don't be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. <laughs> Hallelujah is right. If possible, he said. Okay. Because he knows that there's times... <laughs> When peace goes out the window, right? He wasn't even married. What you laughing at, Will? Jose and Emily, it's not, I mean, it's not impossible either, right? But it's, it's not easy. Because sometimes we just don't like each other. Yeah, I was just telling the guys yesterday at men's prayer, God's called us to love. Sometimes we don't like each other. But God has called us to love one another. And he's, but I love what Paul says right here, if possible. <laughs> if possible. God gives us a break once in a while. But you know what I love? You know, God's word is, yeah, it gives us a little break here and there. And it says, hey, if possible, try to do this, do that. Right? But, you know, he doesn't want us to stay that way. You know what I'm gathering from all this? I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you in this one really quick. You know, the evil, Satan, the devil himself, he wants to come and bring separation in our relationships. He wants to divide our marriages. He wants to destroy them. He wants to destroy the family unit. Really, he does. 
And he'll start at home first. He'll start at your home first. Do you hear me? He'll start at your home first. And if he can bring division at your home and separation at your home, it'll trickle into the church. And then he'll start bringing separation here among us. See, that's why he's saying hate evil. All these things that have nothing to do with Christ, he says hate them. Hate them. That's Satan himself at work. And he's giving us practical instructions of what God's will looks like, God's will looks like in our lives, can look like, as long as we continue to allow Jesus to be the transforming power of our thoughts, our minds, our hearts. Right? So Paul comes and says, when it's possible, be at peace with one another. Live in harmony with one another. Be quick to forgive. I love that God's word doesn't say to forget. <laughs> I let the forgetting, you know, God says he forgets our sins. Have you ever read that? He says he casts them right into the deepest and he forgets your and my sins. I love that he has the power to do that because it's hard to forget. But you know what? When you forgive, you do free yourself. And there's healing and forgiveness. And we no longer remember to hold a grudge or we no longer remember to allow resentment to continue to, you know, be rooted in our lives. But it's sometimes good to remember. I, I've learned that in my own life. I've said, Lord, I've made mistakes, but I don't want to forget. I don't want to be too quick to forget what I've done. Because if I forget what I've done, I could very easily fall back into what I did before. But I'll be quick to forgive because I know if I hold on to it, all these things here, to live at peace, to be in harmony, it's gone. Why? Because I'm carrying around unforgiveness. And, it's, and it is, it's a heavy, heavy burden if we don't release it to Christ. Let's wrap this up. He says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with one another. And then he says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. And then on the contrary, watch this. Hmm. If your enemy is hungry, take him in and out. You know, there's been a lot of healing that's happened at the dinner tables. If you've ever experienced healing at a dinner table, raise your hand right now. I have. If you've experienced healing at a dinner table, it, that's powerful. There, to me, when I look at Psalm 23 and I see that the Lord prepares a table, he doesn't say there that he prepared the table in front of all his little homies and all his best friends. Right? It says that he did it before the enemies that he had. When Jesus sat down at the dinner table with his disciples, wow, 
He even said, come here, dip your bread in my wine. That's how much I love you. I may not like what you're going to (laughs) do. I may not like the things you do. But come here. I remember being a teenager, rebellious, disobedient. And my dad would talk to me at the dinner table. And I couldn't understand why, because every time he did, I lost my appetite. And he seemed to always do it, Pastor, when he would make those tacos de lengua, de sesos, de ojo, de cachete. He'd chop it all up and put it in tacos with cilantro and lime. And I wanted to eat that stuff because it was so good. My dad had a pit in the backyard, and he would put the cow's head in that pit. And the coals would be super hot, and he'd put it in there, and he'd, it'd be wrapped up nicely, perfectly. My dad was meticulous in his cooking. Still is today at 92. It's amazing. I told my dad, Dad, you should have been a chef. You missed your calling. <laughs> he didn't. He was a pastor. He was a wonderful pastor. But I remember those days and my dad preparing these meals. And as much, but you know why it hurt me? Because I was guilty and I knew it. I was in the wrong. And all my dad was trying to do was set a table for us to have a conversation. But because I was guilty, I was the one missing out. But God's goodness was set there before the table. I'm not saying I was my dad's enemy. (laughs) But you, do you get the picture? Do we get, are we tracking with God's word? If your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Make sure it's cold and with ice. Because anybody who's thirsty doesn't want lukewarm temperature water, right? If you're thirsty, especially on these days, doesn't it taste good? Now you know why the chamango. He says, in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by the devil himself. Do not be overcome by the devil himself. But overcome the devil with Jesus. Overcome Satan and his works with Jesus Christ. Can anyone say amen today? Can we all stand? If today, if today we're on the same boat, if today you and I are on the same boat, we're on the boat with Jesus, and all he's trying to do is show you and I, hey, give me a chance. Give me a chance. You want to know what my will is for your life? God is saying to each and every one of us, you want to know what my will is for your life?
get some crazy glue, rub it all over yourself and jump on top of me right now. <laughs> That's what Jesus is saying. I've been here waiting for you. I want to heal your everything, your mind, your heart. God's goodness is in his son. No matter the situation, the struggle, the storm, it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Unless you're trying to do it alone. Don't try to do it alone. Cling to Jesus today. So if you and I are on the same boat, let's lift our hands to heaven. Lord Jesus, we are your people. We belong to you. And sometimes we get off track. Sometimes we forget to stay focused on you. We get distracted. We lose focus. But Lord, today we take a stand against Satan. And all his works, we come to you to glue ourselves to you, Lord Jesus, that we may give you the place that belongs to you in our hearts, in our lives, in our families, that your will will be done in each and every one of our lives, in our homes. I pray your blessing father upon your people your children today that we will leave your house today closer to you lord jesus knowing that clinging to you is all we need to do our relationships our friendships our hospitality our service to you everything that you're calling us to do today to put others before ourselves. Lord, all these things can be done only if we are in you, Lord Jesus. So I pray a blessing over your people. Be with them. Be with us today. As we leave your house, we pray all these things in your name, Lord Jesus. And everyone said, amen. God bless you, church.